When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
about damn time for an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Monday edition, folks. We're doing it again all over this week, five days in front of us. What are we going to make of this week? Uh, let's make it something good, man. I'm, I'm buzzing off of Lizzo's uh, Grammy speech. We're going to talk about the Grammys. Today, we have a returning guest from last week, and the reason why, well, we have the Zen Blonde, Lauren Skay, who was on last Tuesday's show, and she killed it, but we had uh, kind of an important development about one of the stories we were covering last week, and that is Army Hammer. There was a huge article in Army's own words, and we dissect that article with a fine-tooth comb, and of course, we cover other things as well. Uh, we, we recorded this earlier today before the Grammys, um, but I'm going to catch you up on what happened at the Grammys, some Potomac, some news stories, and then we'll get over to Lauren. And uh, I try to make the conversation. It's not light, obviously, because we deal with some really uh, sensitive topics. Um, and I and I warn you about that before we get into that uh, that talk. But I think it is such a um, it is if you haven't read the Army Hammer article that was posted in airmail. Uh, the new zine, like the new online magazine, Airmail on Friday night. We walk you through everything. Uh, I tell you my concerns about it. I tell you what I thought was interesting. Lauren uh, fills in a lot of the background information, and she is just so great to bounce off of. Uh, so I really, really appreciate her coming back on short notice. So let's start off with uh, let's start off with something good, and then we'll just slowly work our way down. Uh, how are you guys, by the way? Are you okay? I didn't get a oh uh, wait. Let me do all my commercials up front here. Um, if you, I did a two hour and 10 minute Patreon episode that I put out this afternoon where it was all Q and a from all the, the, uh, anybody that wanted to ask a question, whether it be entertainment or personal, it's all there. And I, um, it's on, uh, you can watch it on, on video too. I, I recorded it with my little webcam so you can watch it on video or you can just listen to the audio but it is two hours and ten minutes and it goes everywhere man we talk southern charm i talk love after lockup i talk so many different things so many different questions i talk about kicking my diet coke addiction all of these amazing amazing i really do have some of the coolest people that are in the the patreon i have the coolest people that listen to me uh thank you so much as always and i say on the the patreon is that it's okay when you guys disagree with me um, I would say be careful about assuming if I'm a bad guy or saying that, like, you know, you would always disagree with me, and it's okay. I think if you listen to the show enough, 
you can draw your own conclusions, and I really um, I champion that. But I think even if you disagree with an opinion I have or uh, my curiosity about something, I don't think the curiosity or having a strong opinion on something doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. It might make it a person that, you know, this podcast or this show might not be for you. And and that's great because there are so many options out there for you. Uh, but I really do love, I mean, I talk to people all day long that have different opinions uh, than mine, and I really kind of enjoy that in so many ways. Um, so I think... It's really interesting because pop culture gives us this entrance point into having some of these interesting conversations that actually kind of uh, hit home. You know, a lot of these things that these celebrities and stuff like that, we kind of experience them in a smaller way. But we kind of uh, these things sometimes give us a roadmap on how to handle situations or how to not handle situations. I'm looking at you, Robin, for Potomac right now. (laughs) Uh, But if you do like the show, if you do agree with some of the things, or you just appreciate the effort, or you appreciate the background noise, rate this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I can't tell you how much that helps. Uh, One of the questions on the Patreon is that uh, me and a couple of other podcasters out there, we have a, we we, we think, I don't know, people sometimes just will leave bad reviews just to mess with you. Um, Or, or, you know, I talk a little bit more about that on the Patreon as well. Um, The last thing I want to hit you guys up with is remember, this Thursday, we have the Digital Worldwide Experience, So Bad It's Good, celebrates the beginning of the 10th season, the 10th season premiere of Vanderpump Rules. We have Tom Sandoval, Ariana Maddox, at the Talk of Shame, and special surprises as we go. That's going to be this Thursday. Tickets are only $10. If you're in the Patreon, it is $5. If you go wait till the day of Thursday, it shoots up to $12. Um, I tried to make this the lowest price point that they would let me make this. And then I even uh, did the 50% off for the the patrons. And uh, that came out of, you know, my my cut of this, which, uh, like I said on Friday's show, like I'm not looking to make anything. I just want this to be really, really fun and really goofy and give you guys good laughs and a place that we can talk about this Wednesday's season premiere of Vanderpump Rules. Uh, you guys, this week is going to be insane. Tuesday, we got Real Housewives of New Jersey premiering. Get ready for the mess of the Giudici family again. Joe and Teresa are back at it again. Uh, we have that on Tuesday. We have Vanderpump Rules on Wednesday. We have my show on Thursday. This thing, and by the way, then we have the Rihanna concert next weekend. And they, they do the little football game in you know, like in between that concert. So that's going to be exciting. That's on Sunday. There is too much good stuff happening this week. We've, we can't be down. We've got to be, we've got, we're so blessed this week in terms of entertainment. Um, so the Grammys. Okay. So that's all the business, but please come to the show. You guys, please. Um, I mean, you you don't have to, but you have two weeks to watch the show, even if you can't make it live. Uh, So you'll have two weeks, but uh, I'm hoping to have some crazy things happen. And that's what I will be spending this week uh, setting up. Um, So come join us. Come be part of this family. Um, Okay, the Grammys. Let's get into that. First off, the red carpet, right? Harry Styles walks out in this bedazzled little... Listen, Harry just showed us a a touch of nips. He just, his little nipples were just, just protruding just a little bit. He wore one of those, uh, what, I don't know what you, what, I'm, see, this is where I lose it with fashion. It was, what do you call that? Like a jumper, but the jumper went down to like mid breast and, uh, the little, <laughs> the little fucking attachment. How do you say this? God damn. How do you, the little, what are the fuck? It's like a overall. It's like a low overall. It'll all look like patchwork. It'll look like my mom's quilt from the seventies. And, um, 
then you saw just a hint of nip on each side. But I thought it was so, this is my stupid mind. I was like, I just was cracking up thinking about Harry Styles having huge baloney nipples. <laughs> huge baloney nipples. And then <laughs> it's like, what if this is how the world found out? And then my friend pointed out that Harry Styles actually has four nipples. And I said, are you sure? Are you sure those aren't just skin tags? And she was like, no, those are working nipples. <laughs> Harry Styles has such a passionate fan base where everybody knows about his four nipples. I was like, what is going on, man? Uh, Harry did take away the the uh, the award for best nipples tonight. <laughs> the octagon of nipples. Okay, so the red carpet, Beyonce was late because she was stuck in traffic. I don't know what the, the Uber situation in Los Angeles is dire, but she was late. She didn't get there for her first award. Um, I don't know. I watched the whole thing. It's one of the, I don't know. I've seen so many award shows in my day. It didn't like, there were moments, but the moments were actually moments that I, you know, that were like, what the hell? Like they kept cutting to Ben Affleck, our boy Ben, you guys. He literally looked like a wax statue from Madame Tussauds. And he looked, he he did not want to be there. And I was like, Jen, maybe check with like, maybe he should only go to little things here and there. He didn't. How do you go to the place with the biggest musicians and even, you know, and you get to see all the songs live. And it's like, he just looked like he did not want to be there. And I just feel like, what are we doing? He looked miserable. And then it was like, they kept cutting to him. They did not ever let this guy be off screen. It was like, it was great. Everybody's having a good time. The most part, and then they cut to Ben who looked like he was in a library trying to stay awake. It was so, and I've said this many times over the years of So, you know, Benifer 20 years ago when they were first together, there was that moment around the daredevil premiere. Uh, ben Affleck was in a movie called daredevil, the Marvel superhero, um, way back in the day, and I remember showing up to the premiere, and him and JLo had been for dating for a while, but his look started to slowly morph into a very well-groomed, um, uh, metrosexual kind of look. Like, he, the, the tan was insane, the hair was coiffed, it was fitted suits. You guys remember this? And, you know... Our boy Ben is getting back to that place. I, I don't want to say it's J-Lo, because J-Lo looks... J-Lo's a trained media star. She knows how to put on a smile, and I'm getting worried. Did you guys see that TikTok video from last week where... I mean, these lip readers on TikTok... Oh, God. I did the fact that I even say... Okay, we'll get to TikTok in a second. Oh, I got so much to talk to you guys about. Um... There was a thing where it was lip reading, and it looked like he was saying, Jen, I swear to God, I haven't had a drink. Have you guys seen this TikTok? I'll try to find it for you. I'm not making this up. And who knows? It was a lip reader, but it did look, once this lady's saying it, did look like that's what he was saying at the premiere of Shotgun Wedding. And listen, I watch Shotgun Wedding. You kind of got to drink to get through that movie. <laughs> no offense. Um, so Ben just looked, you know, I was trying to really break it down because it was like, it's a mixture of a lot of Botox this dude, you know, dyes his beard and his face not must not blow up like mine does. And I'm so jealous of that. His face, you know, he's dying his beard, but like he, he obviously his skin can handle it for now, but it looks unnatural and every hair looks in place every and he just like he's taking a picture with The Rock. I was watching The Rock and his wife take a picture with Ben and JLo at their table that they shared. And Ben's the only one not smiling in the picture. I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are, man? Like, I like your movies a lot, but come on, you're at the Grammys. 
respect the Grammys a little, like put a smile on your face. And then there was one where um, uh, Trevor Noah, the host, he was doing these intros in the audience and playing around with celebrities, but he was doing it right in front of JLo and Ben. And JLo was like, kind of like snapping at Ben about something and then realized she was on TV. And then it was like, immediately put a smile on and Ben like, kind of like smirked. And it looked like Jen JLo was like, uh, I just got a text from my publicist. Twitter is on fire right now saying that you are acting like a pouty little bitch. And he really was, man. He looked like when you're just, Your mom tells you, like, you know, hey, if you keep acting up like this, you're going to go in the corner. You're going to go into quiet time. That's what he looked like. And he looked like he was like, okay, fine. Are you going to be a good boy now, Ben? You can come out of quiet time. You can come out of the corner, but try to put a smile on his face. And then he had this weak smile. And I'm like, I think he liked, I mean, I don't know what, I, I swear to God, I would love to talk to him so much about all of this other stuff. And it's not like you don't know what you're signing up for. You know who this is. And you also dated her before. If you don't want to go to shit like the Grammys. and so- Listen, I think we all thought like there's. <laughs> Listen, I think JLo is an amazing entertainer. I think she's a very thin, reedy voice. And I don't know. Maybe Ben thought there's no way she'd be at the Grammys at this. No. Listen, JLo is one of our greatest entertainers. She she really is. Um, but also JLo. I mean, I see Adele there, Adele and uh, Lizzo, they're sitting together just having the time of their lives watching. They were having more fun than I was having watching. And then J-Lo's probably looking over at them going, why can't I be with Adele and Lizzo? Why can't I be sharing our love of Beyonce with Adele and Lizzo? I got Mr. Pouty Pants right here, Mr. Goodwill Dumping, and, you know, Mr. Mr. Movie Star. And he's sitting there pouty the whole night. Guys, it didn't get better. He was pouting the whole night. How and that's that's kind of the state of these Grammys for me that I was more fascinated with Ben Affleck as I always am than the actual awards. Listen, Harry Styles won album of the year at the very end. And I, you know, this is where this is midnight right now. Harry Styles has still not issued an apology to Beyonce because Renaissance should have won that. And I like Harry Styles. I like his nips. I like every. I like. I like Harry Styles. I will say he opened up the show, or he was one of the opening performances for As It Was, and he did not bring it, man. Uh, and this guy, I've seen live at Coachella. I thought he was amazing. He really won me over. I really kind of like this dude a lot. Um, and it the the performance didn't impress me. Remember that Grammy? Was it two years ago or one years ago when he was in the black leather ensemble? And he was playing that one song from the second album. And he was just like, it was brilliant, a brilliant performance. This kind of just felt like half-assed. And I, uh, you know, he did the the circular prop with all the, the extras or the dancers on top of it. And he seemed like he slipped at one point on that. And I was like, did he not get enough rehearsal? It just seemed kind of walked through. And then he tried to get into it at the end and he couldn't really, you know, it wasn't horrible, but I've seen so much better from him. The other disappointment I will say is that he won a couple of awards and each one of his speeches was not, I don't know. The Grammys are different than other award shows, but I, I noticed and you can only notice because you compare it to somebody like Lizzo. Lizzo won, I believe, for best song of the year about damn time. And she went up there and gave, I just think, the most, uh, just an amazing speech. It inspired me about loving ourselves, loving our bodies, uh, you know, being so appreciative where she is, bringing positivity through her music. And I just said, man, how could you ever fucking make fun of this Lizzo? 
Lizzo inspired, Lizzo makes me want to be a better man. Like, honestly, Lizzo makes me want to be a better man. I sat there going like, how she is just a ray of damn sunshine. And I love that she has made this kind of, made this kind of goal of to like try to make positive music. Because that's damn hard, man. Like, I can't do, I, I was like, oh, you know, but it's a reminder that we can sometimes put our best foot forward. We can try to inspire people and to have a positive outlook. And I think those are what, at least as a kid, when I watch these shows, that's why I thought they were so special to me, because they would inspire you as a kid to dream big and to go for things that could seem impossible and art and being exposed to all of these different sounds and, 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 and people. And it was always so exciting. And Lizzo kind of reminded me of that with her speech. But then other people would just go up and be like, Harry was like, oh, it's, you know, it's an album and it's very, oh, I can't believe this. Everybody's so amazing. Like, and it was like, yeah, man. But like, what do you, what do you want to say, dude? What do you got to say? You literally have the music industry by the balls. You like, you are so popular. What do you have to say? Like, I love your music, but what do you have to say? Who are you? I want to know. Like, honestly, that, I mean, you seem great. I want to know who you are. And uh, I, I really get who Lizzo is when she speaks. I kind of get who Beyonce is, even though I think for Beyonce at this point, it must be really annoying to be Beyonce because it's like everybody's like, Beyonce, it must be so hard to be Beyonce, not even because of the singing or the dancing or it's just because of what she means to people. It's almost godlike in some ways. And we never want to make anybody godlike besides God. And and then Jay-Z must really be annoyed with it because he's Jay-Z and people are like always like way more excited to see Beyonce. And he's like, do you guys remember I'm literally Jay-Z? Like, literally, I'm Jay-Z. Like, I'm Jay-Z. And everybody's like, Jay, uh, could you take a picture of me and Beyonce? <laughs> Jay-Z is always having to take pictures of other people with Beyonce. Like, I remember the first time I went to Maiden America Music Festival in Philadelphia. And the first one, it was uh, it was Jay-Z's Music Festival. And he... Uh, he uh, he played and Pearl Jam played and it was like this just amazing Beyonce didn't even play. But I remember it was a Saturday. I remember I was standing on the right side of the stage during the day, just like and all of a sudden from this back entrance, I wasn't even like all of a sudden I realized Beyonce and Jay-Z are 20 feet away from me. And I have this picture. It's like really blurry on my personal Instagram. I got to go find it. Jay-Z was in his Tim's and I was like. Beyonce and she like smiled and Jay-Z did Jay just kept walking with her you know and I was like wow and I love Jay-Z and I was starstruck by Beyonce you know and I feel like that's how their life goes a little bit is that people are just starstruck by Beyonce if Beyonce wasn't there you'd be starstruck by Jay-Z but if Beyonce's there you're like hey man uh I like what you're doing with your hair anyways Beyonce what's going on All, you know so uh, I thought Beyonce was robbed. Also, Beyonce, uh, Bonnie Raitt won uh, best. Uh, she had a song that won, and that was another big one because Adele was in that category. Lizzo, Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, I believe, and Bonnie Raitt won. And a lot of people online were like, "Who the hell is Bonnie Raitt?" Now that's just ignorance. Listen, I do understand that I have not even heard this Bonnie Raitt song that won, but Bonnie Raitt is a legend. She has this album I grew up with that my dad loved. Uh, I believe the album was called Nick of Time, but it has one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in the history of music called um, I Can't Make You Love Me. Like, I can't make you love me if you don't. It's like this beautiful, soulful song. And I remember this was one of those songs, you guys. 
uh, oh man, I should play this one time and cry to it like I did with that uh, uh, Dan Fogelberg song a couple weeks ago because I I remember listening to that song in the seventh grade and I had this crush on this girl named Katie and I just remember she didn't feel the same way that I felt for her and I would listen to that. I would take my dad's CD and I would listen to it in the little CD player I had in my room and I just would just bum out. So And I loved bumming out to that song. By the way, Bon Iver does an amazing version of that song. If you like that song, look it up on YouTube. Bon Iver, I Can't Make You Love Me. Beautiful, haunting rendition. Anyways, Bonnie Raitt won, which surprised a lot of people. But hell, she's Bonnie Raitt, man. She's a legend. Um, let's see, what other things? Oh, they did a history of hip-hop that uh, Questlove put together. And it was just... I love that. In fact, I think that's how the show should have closed. Not the DJ Khaled, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne... Uh, thing which I didn't I didn't really care for, um, but that history of hip hop, fifty years of hip hop that Questlove put together. I mean, you had all of these. You had Run DMC. You had uh, Salt and Peppa. You had LL Cool J. You had so many amazing. I mean, Buster Rhymes, dude. Buster Rhyme comes out and he's like, and I swear to God, this must have been the toughest night. For closed captioners out there. A closed captioner must have hung themselves tonight trying to like get what Buster Rhymes was rapping about. In fact, somebody sent me the screenshot of it. It said it was like like unintelligible rapping, or it was something so funny, but it was so passionate. I was so into it. And that's what I wish the Grammys was more of a celebration of these moments that we have had throughout our whole lives. And for kids these days to go back and look at the history of these kind of music of hip hop or rock or any genre, the thing that kind of pissed me off or kind of, and this is just being old, was that LL Cool J just kept calling out TikTok during it of like, you know, from the Bronx to TikTok, we are here. And it's like, no, fuck TikTok. Bronx, you know, like that's a place. TikTok isn't a place, nor should it be a destination. It's a social media app. Stop trying to beg for the eyes of people on TikTok. Just do good work and it will find, you know, don't call out TikTok. Don't pander to TikTok. Give me a break. But that was great. That was great. Um, I'm trying to think any uh, Bonnie Ray, Ben Affleck, Harry's Nips. Yeah, that was kind of the thing. I mean, I don't think there was anything else that tr- super stood out to me. Uh, you know, uh, Kim Petras won uh, with Sam Smith. And that was like, I think, the first um, first award for a trans artist, which I think is cool. And that's, you know... Uh, probably inspirational for a lot of people out there. Um, Madonna introduced Sam Smith and Kim Petras, their song Unholy. And Madonna is just, I'm really curious how she's going to do her uh, 40 years uh, celebration tour that uh, she's doing instead of the movie, uh, the movie of her life. So I'll be really curious. I want to see where Madonna is at in terms of performance. Um, uh, yeah, man, Madonna's Madonna, though. She she truly is a legend. I was just thinking about that, though, watching the Grammys, how many legends we have out there and, like, burgeoning legends. Like, you got your Taylor Swift and your Harry Styles. Taylor Swift is, like, in the Pantheon already, and she's only in her, like, what, is she, early 30s? I mean, she, I mean, is she even 30 yet? I, I mean, she's just a legend. She's there. You got Lizzo, who's working on being a legend. Adele, legend. Beyonce, legend. Um... I'm trying to think some male artists. I mean, I think music is another place where females get to really, really shine. Oh, Bad Bunny. Uh, You know, I've heard, I've listened to Bad Bunny's album now twice, and I'm really trying to hear it because I want to hear what other people are hearing. And I have, um, 
I have gotten into it more and more as uh, time goes by, but it's one of those things I, I want to listen. I want to hear what everybody else is hearing, but I know people get really, really excited about him. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly seemed like he was on a bunch of mushrooms. I was watching the red carpet interviews and it was very bizarre. I was like, I think we will find out that he, uh, he'll reveal that he was on mushrooms during the red carpet because he's punk rock guys. That's how he rolls. Also, Megan Fox was there, and I guess with a broken wrist, and also at the Clive Davis party the night before. I'm like, what? Hey, if you got a broken wrist, why not? You don't have to go. Like, like I feel like these, this Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, they'll go to an opening of an envelope. Like, Megan, if you broke a wrist, like, hang back, man. Like, take care of yourself. Um, Okay, so the Grammys, that's your whole recap on that. Okay, I told you about all the shows premiering this week. Oh, also, another thing, you guys, Valentine's Day is coming up. I think it's in a week. It's next Monday. And uh, if you want me to send a Valentine's Day to your loved one or even break up with your loved one, uh, consider getting a cameo if you want. Um, I'm guaranteeing 24-hour delivery, and uh, I'm happy to say or do whatever you want. So if that's if you, if you want to do that, it's cameo.com. I think so bad it's good. Um, and you will be able to get one of those from me. You can request me doing anything that you want. Um, okay. I want to get into this interview in a sec. So I'm just going to do some really quick things. Um, also, oh my God, this Smokey Robinson. Okay. You know, Smokey Robinson, the legendary moat, like the legendary Motown singer. He's in his eighties guys still performing. He was on the red carpet and he has a new album coming out. This Smokey Robinson. This guy really, truly is a legend. If you don't know Smokey Robinson, like, come on. But he is, he's showing the kids that he is still in the game, and he has a brand new album coming out, and guess what his album is called, you guys? His album is called Gasms. That's right. G. Oh, no. My Apple Watch just, uh, um, it's called Gasms, and that's right, because of orgasms. And I would... <laughs> <laughs> Smokey today at the, on the red carpet said he he was asked about his album. And Smokey was like, "When you say gasms, most people think of orgasms, but gasm is any good feeling you might have." <laughs> gasm. People think of it as orgasms, but it's also any good feeling you might have. <laughs> How's your take on? It's good. I feel very gasmy. And then, you guys, the songs on you. This is gonna sound like a joke, you guys, but one of the songs is called. <laughs> should I say this with a straight face? One of the songs is genuinely called "I Can Fit in There." <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's called "I Fit in There." It's a five-minute song called I Fit In There. The album is called Gasms. These are the song track lists. One's called Gasms. One's called How You Make Me Feel. The next song is called I Want to Know Your Body. (laughs) And the the number four, fourth song is called I Keep Calling You. (laughs) Probably because they're not answering, Smokey, because you're creeping everybody out, man. Hey, I want to know your body. Please answer the phone. Uh, no, Smokey's calling again. Stop, stop. Hey, how you feeling? Love to come by and give you a gasm. 
The next one is called Roll Around. The next one is called Beside You. The next one is called If We Don't Have Each Other, which sounds like a breakup song after whoever he's doing this to is like just severely like, don't call me. The next one is called You Fill Me Up. And then the other, the last song is called I Fit In There. I'm telling you, this album is not out yet, but I need to listen to this. Ame- Smokey Robinson just got a big... I'm a I'm a huge... Smokey Robinson might be my number one artist at this point. Like, I want to know your body. This man's in his 80s. He had his wife with him, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Good for you, Smokey. I swear to God, that's true. I'll post that on my Instagram tomorrow because I do not want anybody to ever forget that. Um, also, uh, I watched 90 Day Fiance tonight. It was a really just a gang, like it's a huge night of TV between the ga- uh, Grammys, watching 90 Day Fiance. Uh, this is the second episode of the new season of The Other Way. And like I said last week, it is just so frustrating to just see so many people on one show make so many mistakes. Like the one girl's going over to Egypt. She's here in Los Feliz telling her friends, yeah, but he says I can't wear any of my clothes and I have to cover up. I can't show any skin. I can't hug any men and all that. And the friends are literally like, Zoiks, what are you talking about, girl? And she's like, but I really love him. Like literally, like I'm going to go to Egypt in two weeks. I mean, all of like, it, it, it's like watching the show is like banging your head up against a wall. And then suddenly you find out that sometimes banging your up, head up against a wall feels good. So you keep watching it. And then, of course, like I always say, you feel better about your own life. But at the same time, you're really scared because you're like, how many bad decisions do I would I have to make to actually get in the position of being on this show? And the poor kids and the friends of these people are like saints. Like these people deserve combat pay. It's horrible when these people have kids and you see the kids driving their mom to the airport to say goodbye because she's going to go over and like, you know, marry this woman that she's never met in person. And then she tells the woman that she's like, hey, by the way, I have night terrors. I might kick and try to kill you in my sleep. That's wild stuff, you guys. But it's only the second episode of the season, so I can't get ramped up yet. I can't get too upset. I'm going to let things play out. The one guy, the Dominican dude that I was telling you about last week, you know, that uh, his lady went to Dominican Republic. He thinks he's going back to New York. She told him that she wants to stay there for the rest of her life. And then he takes her to his butcher shop. And the butcher shop in the Dominican Republic, you know, you don't like put your meat in a cooler. So all the meat is just laying out there. And the the 90 day camera crews just kept flashing to the meat and it just had flies all over it. I'm still like kind of stomachy about it, but listen, and this girl was like complaining, like how disgusting it was. And yeah, it was disgusting, but dude, it's the Dominican Republic. They do things differently than they do. We do here. So you can't really blame this dude. And plus this guy doesn't speak English and she kind of speaks broken Spanish. So, I mean, the communication is just, it's poor at best. There's just so many things wrong with it, you guys. And then I watched uh, the finale of Real Housewives of Potomac. Listen, man, those ladies are all talented. The season didn't add up for so many reasons. It's not a, it wasn't horrific. It was just another season. The reunion looks fun at moments, but also it kind of like pales because at the end of this, we get the Robin Juan wedding and she's like, to all the haters. uh," And it's just like so dumb because of all the shit Robin pulled in the last week, you know, is that we do find out that Robin had, uh, you know, you know, uh, I mean, it's, (laughs) you know, even she, so Robin was on watch what happens live tonight and Andy kind of grilled her or grilled her for Andy. It was pretty much a, you know, 
it was it was good for Andy. You know, he pushed and the, you know, he asked the questions we were all wanting to know or the questions that I had even said on social media as well as everybody else um, of like, why are you sharing this when you have a show that you're expected to share your reality? And she was just like, well, we had already covered it. And, you know, I don't know. It was like, it was like, what? you're not going to get that far with it. I just think it's hard to even like, it just sucks, man. Like, I hope they're, ex- I hope they're happy. I hope Juan and Robin are happy because it's, it's one of those things is like when you lean on this story of your relationship, um, coming back together and you garner a lot of goodwill from people, I think everybody was happy at, about it except for Michael Darby. And then you, you know, close the season with your marriage. Then you immediately go to watch what happens live to hear about how Juan, you know, had interactions with this other woman and then went to some hotel and put his car down because he was a good Samaritan because she said she lost his, I mean, it's the most batshit excuse I've ever heard. It sounds so fake. And Robin's like, yeah, it is fake. But I know, you know, it's one of those, ah, it's just wild. And yeah, there are women out there that try to get with famous men or men uh, that are with famous women. I mean, that is one of those things. And Juan's an attractive dude. I'm sure he has tons of women throwing themselves at him. But also he seems to participate in that and that he's opening DMs from women that he doesn't need to be, Oh, you know, like they're just he doesn't need to be doing that. So that that's kind of the surprising thing of like, why are you opening these DMS to begin with from strange women that you don't know? Um, I don't know that, that, that was the part that was, it's not like you have a silly meme account like I do. Oh, um, also, uh, right before we start, uh, the Zen blonde here in a second, uh, I want, Oh, by the way, so Potomac, the reunion, I believe will start next week, unless the super bowl, if, unless they don't have it and it'll start the week after, um, some quick hits for you. It looks like Caitlyn Jenner has unfollowed Kendall Jenner, her daughter. Yeah, baby, it's me, Caitlyn. I'm not following Kendall anymore because she's boring. Yeah. I-, I wonder what that's about. I mean, can you imagine? Like, if my mom unfollowed me on Instagram, I mean, it would. Br- I mean, that that would be flipping harsh. Um, so I'm curious what that's about. If you guys know, let me know. I'll try to find out. I also want to do a story on Tuesday's episode about the renewal vows between Ellen, uh, and Portia, uh, Portia Del Rossi, her, her wife, uh, because Kris Jenner was, uh, the, uh, the officiant. And also we, I was asking if Corey Gamble was still in the picture. And then this weekend, Kris Jenner posted that Corey has a new line of silk jammies, with Dolce and Gabbana. This Corey Gamble, once again, I'm telling you, he is living my life. He has a silk jammy collection with Dolce and Gabbana. I need in those silk jammies. I need a jammy jam. Old Navy, are you going to do a silk jammy collection anytime soon? I need me some Corey Gamble jammies. And I'm just like, oh, that's sweet of Chris to give Corey his own little thing. You know, he's like, yeah, baby, I love my silk jammies. I love getting on my yacht in the Italy Ocean and hanging with my pals Tommy Hilfiger and getting my sweet Chris Jenna booty and my silk Dolce and Gabbana Corey Gamble jammies. <laughs> So good for you, Corey Gamble. Um, I I hope to one day be able to afford your jammies. Um, and uh, also Heather Gay. Uh, listen, there was you saw the end of the Salt Lake uh, reunion. We did a whole episode on it on Friday. 
uh, I'm a little Heathergate out and her Book of Mormon or her Bad Mormon or whatever Mormon, whatever book is coming out pretty soon. So she's doing a little tour about that. Uh, I just listen. Her Whitney had said a couple of things on an after show that I watched this week where she said, uh, you know, basically she does everything for attention. And now I see that now and I will keep her at a distance. And I really got to say that I kind of like see what Whitney is talking about. I think I said this on the Patreon too today was that uh, I've kind of been going back and thinking about the first two seasons and a lot of the things that were said about her and her own behavior and thinking if I might have misjudged things completely about like, what does good time girl really mean? And what is the thing in her marriage? Like maybe she really like was, I mean, truly too wild for her marriage and too much. I mean, like I was trying to, I was trying to think, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we truly know the real Heather Gay. And I, I don't know if this was necessarily it on the third season e- either. We'll see on the fourth season. But maybe she really is trying to do, you know, fall in line and try to do the things that's going to make you a popular housewife. And she just wildly misjudged. And then I think with Whitney, she kind of really looks down on Whitney. So she's able to like scoff at her and kind of push her away super easily unless it fits the narrative and people. And she actually said this on Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3 that is not out yet. They make up during Season 3. And she Whitney thinks now that she did that because all of the other girls were encouraging her to do that. And she wanted to placate them. And then as soon as they got back from uh, filming Girls Trip 3, Heather started ignoring her again. And Whitney kind of pieced that together of like, oh, I think that's how you roll. So it'll be interesting if that is true. She's getting so much bad publicity right now for her performance on the season. It'll be interesting to see if she can shake that off in the next couple of weeks to, you know, go out there with the book tour. I hear she's on Danny Pellegrino's podcast and I've not listened to the interview, but I did talk to Danny last week briefly and uh, he was talking about that interview and I've not got to listen to it yet, but I believe somebody told me he leaves in when the publicist said they couldn't talk about something because sometimes the publicist will be on the other end of the line when we do these interviews and they'll jump in if we hit a topic that we're not supposed to. Um, but I believe, uh, I don't know. I'll, I want to listen to it, but I, 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 I think it's interesting to watch if Heather backtracks on anything. It seems like that's, uh, one of her playbook things. So I'll be interested to see, but, uh, it, it was, ex- you know, kind of frustrating still to think about Salt Lake, Miami, still loving you so, so much. And I also wanted to point out about Potomac that I didn't early, uh, earlier is that I think this is something hopeful for the shows is that I'm not like a hundred percent Candace Stan now, but I will say I really have turned on a corner of Candace in Potomac this season. I walked away liking her this season comparatively to the other women. And I think that kind of shows you, you know, you don't have to just hate a character or love a character the entire run of the show. You know, go season by season. Hell, go episode by episode. You know, you, you know, if somebody does something shady, you know, I mean, like, really, we don't have to be locked into, you know, we can be jelly with things. We can kind of like move. Like, I loved Heather those first two seasons. Really, really didn't like her this season. And I'll be curious to how I feel next season. But we don't have to lock ourselves into anything. But we do have to be honest with what we see. I, I think... Even with the Robin stuff, I think, like, listen, we can all agree that I think that's a shitty move to not share something on the show. And if you're not willing to share something on the show, maybe it's not time to be on the show for a second. Um, and I don't mean firing or anything like that. I would just mean maybe remove yourself because it's not like any of these ladies. I mean, besides, there's some characters that are just good just being there. Like, they don't really have to do anything because they represent something. And and I don't know if necessarily Robin is that character. Um 
but I just think everybody has to kind of have that agreement if you're going to be on a show to kind of share things, to not make the show entertaining, but to make the show real in some sense and to give it credibility of these things that we watch. Um, okay, let's let's kick it into gear with our guest right here, you guys. Uh, I think this is a fascinating conversation about the Army Hammer article. We talk a little bit about the Grammys. Uh, we talk some stories about our, our childhood and our our. Uh, I talk I tell you guys my story about meeting Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, we go everywhere. I love Lauren uh, so much. I think she is so great. Uh, but we talk about a lot about this article that came out on Friday uh, in Airmail. You can um, sign up to read this full article. All you have to do is put in your email address and it'll get, let you read the entire article. Um, there is one thing that I wanted to read you before we go into this. He had, uh, he had told the interviewer, he uh, shared, I just walked out in the ocean and swam out as far as I could and hoped that either I drowned or was hit by a boat or eaten by a shark. He said this, you know, during what he had to go through, you know, and I think, uh, you know, this is, I think, meant to pull at the heartstrings in a sense. I would also then also urge people to think about um, the accusers that have had experiences with Army or, or just men in general is that, uh, I don't know, I just thought, like, you swam or you, you were hoping you were drowned or hit by a boat or eaten by a shark. And I just, you know, also it was pointed out that he's used this story before. This isn't the first time he's used the story. But this passage just kept hitting me um, again and again and again. And I wanted to also say about cancellation, which this article does uh, talk about, and it talks about woke and, you know, all of this stuff, is that, I think if you are on the up and up with people uh, and how you treat them and not just using them for sex or, or urges or something like that, you don't have to worry about a lot of this other stuff. You know, it's like how he treated and how he behaved and how he was going uh, around. Uh, I mean, not being a, a Juan Dixon, but he was, you know, he was cheating on his wife with multiple different people. I think these things kind of add up, but also in terms of cancel culture is that army is going to be fine. Like he is going to work again and you know, he is free. He's healthy. He has all of these things, more things than any of us really have at our disposal. If you think about it and, uh, but it's not that he wants just a life like me or you. He wants his old life. He wants people to want to have sex with him. He wants people to, I mean, these are the things that he wants. And that's what I feel like he's fighting for. And sometimes I wonder if that fight is noble. He talks about himself as a hero and kind of the Joseph Campbell mythology. And I just, uh, I don't know. I've thought a lot about this and, you know, it's not that he just wants any life. He wants the life, you know, he wants the star's life, I feel. Because if not, I don't, I mean, I would think you'd been like, okay, well, there's no charges filed against me. I'm living, I'm breathing, I can go back to school, I can do this or that, I can that, you know, but he wants to be, I think there's a part of him that er, that wants to be a star, that wants to be back on top, that wants to be somebody like Robert Downey Jr. And only time will tell. Um, also, uh, you know, I, I feel bad in a way is that uh, Effie, uh, who I think is the Instagram account House of Effie gets brought up, you know, I mean, having to relitigate your story again and again and again in the press when you probably still haven't fully dealt with the ramifications of it uh, in your own life has to be insanely hard on top of then just people from everywhere wanting to constantly prove that you're a liar. I, I just think it's weird. And it's one of those things is that 
you know, I hate to keep bringing it back to reality shows, but it's the thing we talk about the most is even like, talking about Jen Shaw and last week's Salt Lake City. You know, Lisa Barlow is like, you'd rather believe a proven liar, a known criminal than me. And I feel like that's just why we've seen this pattern of behavior from him again and again and again and again. And we're arguing over semantics and trying to then uh, make other women look bad. Um, so anyways, here is um, the pop culture roundup. It is heavily focused on Army. I think this is an important conversation to have. Uh, we do at the beginning. I think there's a whole part of it where it's very light and fun. And, uh, you know, uh, I just really love talking to Lauren. So let's just get into it. Lauren Skay at the Zen Blonde. And here is the pop culture roundup. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your week. This is the Pop Culture Roundup. Uh, Sophie is off every other week, so I always pick one of my favorite people to talk to. Now, you might be like, wait, Ryan, we just heard from her last week. Even though she was amazing, did you forget that you had her on last week? No, I did not forget. But we talked about something in that uh, in that discussion last Tuesday that it, it is so bizarre to me because we were literally going, Hey, what's going on with army hammer? What's happening with this person? It's been a, it's been a minute. And sure enough on Friday, uh, what they'll do. I, and I even, I even felt something in my pop culture bones where I was like, it's Friday afternoon, evening. Uh, this is usually the time when they announce celebrity divorces or Bravo cast shakeups, something they always put on Friday night because then PR thinks that's an easy way to go through the weekend. And sure enough, around nine, eight or 9 p.m. that night, we got uh, an airmail article. Airmail is a digital uh, magazine now from the creators of Vanity Fair that came out about Army Hammer in his own words. So we're going to do the pop culture roundup. There's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. And if I don't get to it with uh, our guest, I'll do it uh, in the wraparounds at the beginning of the show. But I really want to break down this article because I think not only uh, we've been covering Army for so long, but also just because in terms of the pop culture land landscape, how PR works, how it moves, why it's important to you and should be important. So welcome back, somebody that I think is so uh, beyond qualified to talk about this. Lauren Skay, or as you know her, at the Zen Blonde. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Ryan. I hope you all missed me so much. I know it's been a really good time. <laughs> By the way, I got so many good comp compliments on you that I'm sure people are, are psyched to hear you, but I hate that we have to talk about a serious uh, subject and hopefully we'll bring some laughs along the way. I don't know really, I mean, just in my natural goofiness, I will, but I want to also say up top before we get into this, um, you know, just a gigantic trigger warning for, for concepts and things that we're going to talk about. Uh, we will try to walk them through it in a delicate way, but I want everybody to know that we are dealing with, uh, uh, things like rape, things like abuse, uh, the me too movement. Um, and we're going to go through it in our way, but I just want to say that up top because sometimes I, I of course it's going to make everybody uncomfortable. Um, Lauren, uh, I guess, I mean, how are you? It's Sunday, Sunday morning. And let's start with something humorous. You, you said right before we started, you were like, Hey, uh, this is good. Cause I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, try to find some Grammy people later because the Grammys are being held in Los Angeles tonight. What did you mean by, are you going to be, are you going with Beyonce to the Grammys tonight? Um, I wish, I wish I actually just found the person who made her amazing disco ball cowboy hat on TikTok, and they make them on Etsy and wait, the, the one she actually uses. Yes. This girl just had a little Etsy shop and they're like, this is for Beyonce. And she's like, maybe this is like a prank. And she sure enough then sees her little 
Etsy hat business on the album art, which I thought was amazing that I saw that this morning. I'm Wait, like, you guys, this is, this is, she's talking about the album cover for Renaissance and we're actually the tour too. She's all yeah. in these kind of mirror ball, like, like bikini hat and all of this amazing, like, I mean, very sexy, by the way, this is, if, if they put these kind of outfits in that show, Yellowstone, I would be more apt to watch it. If we had Beyonce's <laughs> in mirror ball cowboy outfits, I would so be down for that. I but, want some space but, cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I love, by the way, I love the only country person I like absolutely love is Casey Musgraves. And that's like straddling the line of country. I think that's more pop now than country. Um, so wait, so what are you going to do with the Grammys? Where are you going? Oh my going gosh. Okay. Party? So I am not sure if anyone else does this, but if so, I'm giving you a little tip. If you want to go on a pop culture safari, um, what you do is on the morning of the Oscars, the morning of the Grammys, the morning of any award show, if you just go get brunch at one of the nice hotels in LA, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to see some shit. And if you don't, you're at least going to feel like you step back into time and like everyone's yeah. dressed in like black tie. And like, I love being in that energy. I always dress up for it. Like I'm, I'm getting changed after this call. I didn't want to be too formal on, on my Lauren. I'm at the days in, in Hollywood. I don't see anybody here yet. When will the celebrities be coming to this holiday? In? You gotta go to the sunset tower. And honestly, is that where you? by the way, this doesn't come out till Monday. So are is that where you're going? Sunset tower? So I'm going to go to the Sunset Tower, grab, just grab a drink, see what there is to see. You have to go before three because um, after get three, it, we'll get it, get hotel it. guests. Okay, so. But, where'd you go, Ryan? Okay, sorry. There. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have to get there before three to get in, right? So you're just going, are you going with uh, John Joseph? John Joseph, potentially he's on crutches right now, but my sister's coming with me and it's just like the energy is really fun. Um, so if you're into pop culture, I don't know, just literally just could be out and about on during the awards. Literally show. I am into pop culture, but it is so hard for me to actually even leave my house. I mean, not leave Brian, you know, where I... somebody is forcing you to podcast. This <laughs> By the way, no, I, I mean, that sounds amazing, but then I'm like, oh, I got to put the old pants on. got to button the tree, see if I can button the pants. Um, so yeah, the Grammys are tonight, which I was going to start there before we're going to get into the army stuff, but, uh, Beyonce is going to perform, I believe tonight. Is that correct? I don't know about Beyonce, but I heard Miley Cyrus, SZA and Harry Styles. So I'm well, sad to be missing this. And Beyonce and Jay-Z threw a, a, a pre-Grammys party on Friday night. And then Clive Davis's Grammys party was on Saturday night. Now, Clive Davis is the guy who discovered Whitney Houston. And like he has been, uh, I mean, he's been around so long. I think he's in his mid 80s now, but he just throws these legendary Saturday night uh, pre-Grammy parties. And we saw yesterday that uh, last night, Cardi B and her husband uh, from the rap group Migos were on the red carpet and he was literally impregnating her on the red carpet. Did you see the the footage? Oh my God, no! Is it like a Kravis situation or? Oh, oh, Ryan? oh, man! It puts it put makes Kravis look like you know really uh, prude almost. They sorry. were they were like tongue kissing, and they were, I mean it was the whole nine. And her husband Offset, which by the way they're going to be doing, uh, they're going to be honoring um, the amigos because unfortunately. Uh, one of the members of Migos was uh, tragically shot and killed this year. So there's going to be, uh, but but it looks like he's he's feeling good again. But they were totally going at it. I I suggest everybody look up those photos if you. Do you think they do it because they're like just really into each other in the moment, or do you think that they do it because they know that it's going to shock people and create a headline? 
I think you probably get bored a little bit and you're like, let's do something fun. Let's spice because I don't think it's not like with Kravis. I genuinely believe they're horny for each other 24 seven. I don't think it ever ends the horniness, yeah. but I think with this, I think it's like, if you, cause like Lauren, have you ever thought about like, imagine going to 80 events in a year. Like I always think about this with machine gun, Kelly and Megan Fox. Like it's gotta get really tough. Like parties are fun. But at a certain point, your job is going to parties and that becomes really boring. So I would imagine with like Cardi B in that, like it's part of a way to kind of make it fun for themselves as well, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, when I lived in New York, I worked in experiential marketing. So I felt like I was at an event almost every night at certain points. And we worked with like amazing brands and big fashion and tech and all these different things. So at first, it was really, really exciting. And like, even just somebody working those things, it's, you get such burnout. And I mean, you worked at a club, so I feel like. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I felt nothing at times when people would just be partying their balls off and you would just be like, oh, well, this is just another night at work. I'm just trying to eventually get home. Uh, so you really don't think about it. I remember working at the Emmys one year and I was like backstage at the Emmys. And then I w- worked at the after event and it was like just star after star. But at the same time, you're just like, oh, I'm still here working. I can't really truly have fun. So it's fun to watch all of this stuff. But at the same time, it you're not a part of it too. So you're watching kind of like a zoo in a way. You're just like, oh, this would be, I wish I could be like in there, like mucking around with everybody. But you know, that was the, I worked at the Emmys the year Kathy Griffin went with one of the co-founders of Apple. He was like one of the original guys that not Steve Jobs, but the other guy, uh, wasn't it check? I believe his name was. Yeah. That, yeah. It was like, random. yeah, so random. And I remember it was the year Kanye was there. Uh, it was the year like Dick in the Box got nominated for like Lonely <laughs> Island. Kanye was there for something. And I remember him walking by with his girlfriend at the time. This is way pre-Kim. And uh, just thinking, oh, wow. Like it was interesting. Uh, I think Steve Carell, one of the like Steve Carell, John Stewart, and uh, what's the guy? Late Late Show. Um, the guy oh, that hosted um, Late Show. Uh, John, Steve Colbert. Steve, yeah, Stephen Colbert. Sorry, they won. One of those guys won, and the other two had presented that award. And so all three of them came backstage and were jumping up and down, like hugging each other. Like it was so funny and fun to watch these three friends. And you're just like, oh, that kind of like that reminds me of real life. Actually, of three people like, can you believe we're here? This is crazy. You know, it, it was. Cra- I went to the Emmys for the first time this year. A friend invited me, and I got to see Jennifer Coolidge give her speech. Um, to see the amazing Abbott elementary speech. And then like Kenan Thompson was, uh, hosting. And like, for me, like that was like lifetime, like goal, like vision board, like just even going to the Emmys. I was like, God, I can't believe I'm here. You know, I mean the first, the first, uh, the first day, the first weekend I had lived in Los Angeles with my ex-girlfriend, it was a Sunday and it was golden globe Sunday. And they always take place at the Beverly Hilton. And I said, let's go drive and just see what we can see. And we did. And it was like, you could kind of, it was a rainy Sunday and you kind of like, but you could kind of see some stuff. And then we walked around the back and all of a sudden flipping Jack Nicholson is like out there on like a, uh, like a, where all the like service trucks come in and you can see it's Jack Nicholson. And he's like out there smoking a cigarette with his glasses on and me just being like a complete, like I lose it. I'm like, Jack, Jack. (laughs) And I'm like jumping up and down, waving my eyes. And this is, he looks at me, doesn't acknowledge me and just keeps smoking. Cause he's just like, what a, what a fucking loser. You know, like it was, 
amazing. But it was, I was so excited. I'd never seen a celebrity that big of a celebrity in real life. Okay. That was like the first time I saw Lisa Vanderpump. I was in John's car. She ignored me <laughs> and I screamed out the window. And then I made him circle the block. And then she was like, hi. And he's like, uh, like, no, like she's giving you the fakest smile, Lauren. She does not want you screaming out the car window. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I mean, the first, I'll tell this and then we'll get going. But the, fir- the first, I remember uh, my uncle, before he passed away, he lived in Glendale, California. And we'd come out to visit him on like summer trips or like here and there. And I remember driving down Sunset Boulevard with my dad and my uncle. And that was when Tower Records used to be on Sunset Boulevard, which was like a legendary Tower Records. And I had seen that from like just Hollywood stills of like Sunset Boulevard and things like that. And I saw, like we're driving out, I see Whoopi Goldberg walk into Tower Records. And I'm like, holy shit, dad, stop, stop. And I'm like uh, 13 or 14 at the time. And I'm a young actor. I'm like, you know, I really want to do this. And Whoopi Goldberg, what an amazing actor. And I, you know, I'm from Kansas, moved to Arizona. I'm like, and so I go in and this is back when like CDs, you guys, well, they used to have a thing called CDs, but CDs used to come in these really long boxes. It was like such a waste of paper. And I remember Whoopi Goldberg in there shopping and she had like 40 CDs in her, her arms. And I just remember thinking, oh, my God, she's so rich. She can buy 40 CDs at once. And I just went up and I said, Miss Goldberg, I'm a young actor and I'm a huge fan of yours. And I just wanted to say you do amazing work. I didn't ask for an autograph. This is before phones, so there would be no pictures. She looks at me and just turns around and walks away. Doesn't even (gasps) acknowledge me. And my dad watched this go down and my dad was like, oh, I'm about to say something like, mom, dad, don't embarrass me in front of Whoopi Goldberg. But she just completely ignored me. And that always, that's why I get so nervous around, even when I sometimes talk to celebrities on here or even, because I never know. Like I remember just being ignored after, but also I'm like a creepy 14 year old. I I mean, people used to call me pubic head. No, no, no. That was so lame. Um, I love people. I love hearing the stories where people are just such gems. My friend was telling me a story about she was, you know, she was at the old Nobu. She was 14 years old. This was a long time ago. She was in the bathroom, like just kind of like looking. Leonardo DiCaprio came right up to her. (laughs) Like in four years, sweetie. Like, no. Um, So, so she's in the bathroom looking in the mirror, like, you know, you're 14. You're kind of like at that insecure age and out walks Pamela Anderson from the bathroom. And she goes, you are absolutely gorgeous. And it was because she wanted to leave her with a nice moment. And I love hearing stories like that. I worked in retail at a certain point. Leah Michelle personally victimized me three times when I met her. And um, I, I've listened and like, there's what a you sing in your face. Well, what you do? Um, I was talking to her and her mans because they needed help. And she's like, talk to him, not me. I went up to her and asked her if she needed help. She said, she literally clipped in my face like Dorinda and was like, no. Um, <laughs> so, have you ever treated anybody in your actual real life like that? No, no, I, it's I just, just crazy. I, it's just crazy because the stories are true, and now she has to put on a good act so she can get work. But yeah, what do you think? Ever, I mean, this is actually interesting, even in terms of the Army Hammer discussion. Do you think people can change? This seems to be a big theme in this article as well. Is can people change? Can we, you know, can the housewives overused word is, can we give them grace? Can we give them space? Can we, can we allow them an opportunity to change? Can Leah Michelle change? Can Army Hammer change? And what is our responsibility as consumers 
because it's never about like wanting them to continue their own lives because, you know, people aren't like they do get to continue their own lives. They're not in jail, but they're actually wanting to be back in the power seat where they can make money off of their chosen art form. You know, do you think people like Leah Michelle can change? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, listen, I think at a certain point, like people, some people are just mean and like they stay mean, but I I wouldn't want to say I, I would, it would be very pessimistic to think that people couldn't change. And I hope people can change, especially people that are just mean and not people that are like rapey. Like, um, those people I have, like, there's no a difference, for, yes. but like somebody that's just been like nasty to people. I mean, to be fair, she did go through a lot of lot of trauma, I would say losing, you know, her boyfriend, um, from Glee. So, Korea. Yeah. you know, I, maybe that turned her, I don't know. There's also a lot of stuff about her having been a kind of a mean girl on the show. I got to see yeah, a lot of stuff. and you know what? It isn't affecting her that much because my best friend, John loves her just still. Yeah. People. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is the thing I was reading while well, I was reading the army article, um, which you guys all link to in the show description as well as the uh, at the Zen Blonde, all of her social media accounts, which are really, really worth following, is that, uh, you know, I was thinking that 30% of people will always be on your side. You know, whether it be a housewife, whether it be, you know, whether it be like Heather Gay is going through persecution right now, because it really seems like she had a really bad season this season. And a lot of people were waking up to the fact like, oh, maybe she's not the person I thought she was from this show. But then if you take it even to a more extreme level, this army stuff, it was interesting. I posted on Friday night and I think you posted as well. And we were texting, um, you know, I noticed one person in particular on my page that was like, you know, I always figure this it's hard with those comments with any social media because you don't want anybody to get piled on. You don't want anybody to get, uh, you know, you don't want to make somebody's night worse, but at the same time, this person, I also thought, Oh, this person might be a couple drinks in. And they said, Hey, I don't, it was a very Brandy Glanville kind of like, Hey, I don't care what he did. He's hot. He can eat me. And then she kind of went in a couple more times. Cause I was like, Oh geez, really? I wrote, Oh geez, really? And then everybody else started piling on that comment. It was probably you know, Brandy's like our, Finsta. What'd you say? It was probably Brandy's Finsta. <laughs> yeah, Brandy's No, it's like, and I know the person who did, you know, uh, not very well, but I was just like, oh man, like, and you have that ability to like delete your comment or something, but it's one of those things you're like, oh man, now we're just kind of creating another fight when you want the, um, you want the spotlight being on the article of like, read the article, see mm-hmm. what you think about what is said, what Army has said about himself. And also, but I thought it was just the, the insane thing about celebrity to begin with and people that are just magnetic and good looking is that people will always be more apt to believe you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, even I remember on TikTok, uh, Rosie O'Donnell was making a comment about the documentary and she's like, I don't know. I feel kind of sorry for this army hammer. I'm going to have to watch the full documentary. And it's like, I wasn't mad at Rosie for saying that because I think that she was just having a reaction to like the beginning of what she was seeing maybe, but I think sometimes when people are attractive and, you know, they've been on our TV screens, maybe, you know, some people are apt to forgive them. Or I think there's a lot of people that don't haven't paid attention to the full story. So they don't know the details of like what really happened and maybe chalk it up to something like kink shaming because they haven't actually been following along for as long as like you and I have. Yeah. And and so uh, and this is interesting, too, because we we once again deal with House of Effie and House of Effie has as much as she's told her story in bits and pieces and posted uh, Instagram DMs and all of these things between her and Army and revealed a lot of information uh, herself. 
Uh, so this gets re-litigated almost in this article. But I also thought this article was so very interesting in, in a really weird way because it's like, hey, you know all that Mies 2 stuff that we've been really hyper vigilant about? What if, just go with me here, what if we didn't believe women? What if we actually went back to just believing men of power? Like, I really thought I was like, wow, that's, you know, at the end of the day, this is the thesis of this article. It's like, what if women are assholes? And, and he's what like, if they? Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> if only I could get this information that I've tried to subpoena from Meta, these messages would exonerate me. And it's like, yes, okay. There sure, are details. Yeah. What she's referring to, you guys, is I took so many notes on this. First up, so I just wanted to say this is written by a guy named James Kirchick uh, for Airmail, which I said this is their new emails, like not a zine, but it's like from Vanity Fair, uh, who is edited by Graydon Carter. This is Graydon Carter's. There's a lot of money in this new Airmail thing that's happening. That's what it's called. In fact, they just did a really exhaustive uh, two-part article on the Idaho murders, actually. I don't know if you read that. That was an airmail thing that's happened over the last month. So they're putting a lot of money in this right now. So I think this is exactly the kind of article that they want to publish, because I also want to say this, as much as this article does, they're counting on people like us talking about it, right? Yeah. I mean, which is like the, the it's a double-edged sword, but yeah, I mean, it's really crazy. I mean, for anyone listening that hasn't read it, he basically goes through all of the people individually that have accused him and, you know, his aunt. Um, what's crazy hey, is that on, on the back end, um, like, you know, people obviously send me things that I can't share publicly. But what I, I can say is that he goes into this diatribe about a beach ball and how a beach ball, people are like beach balls. And Ryan, if you want to read it, I'll, I'll let yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I took so many notes. Let me put, guys, this is worth reading. If I could read this to you guys. Um, let's see here. Uh, here we go. Uh, Hammer compares his reaction to hearing this odd bit of biographical information to a submerged beach ball exploding upward. Human behavior is like a beach ball, he explains. Your beach ball is who you are. It's how much you like to drink, how much you like to smoke, how much you like to have sex, how much you need to sleep at night. And you can take your beach ball and push it underwater and hold it there, he says, either for a religious institution or another person or whatever. Um, and then, uh, but eventually that beach ball is going to slip. And that beach ball does not gently rise to the surface. It shoots way up in the air. Now, when Effie told him that she used to work in a sex club, Hammer says, my beach ball slipped and it just shot way up in the air. It probably wasn't a week later that I had been messaging her a lot like throughout the day and it got extremely explicit. So, by the way, this is like, I mean, Wilson from Castaway has got to be freaking out <laughs> because the I mean, like he's like, what? No, I do not bring beach balls into this. What? A, that's where the article and this is pretty quickly in the article. That's where it kind of lost me of like. You're you've literally thought of this little beach ball thing, and this I love is what that you're going analogy with? because somebody sent me him talking about it a few years ago, which I can obviously is not going to get put a out a few there. years ago, yeah, when he was not sober. You know what? Do you know what I'm saying? So, he this must have been a high thought he had at some point, and he has just held on to this analogy, and this is his his way of justifying everything that he's done that he was just a beach ball under so much pressure, and then instead of you know rising to the surface quietly and becoming normal and reaching like a normal point, he shot up into the air and it was so out of his control because he was, you know, just weak and couldn't control himself. Like uh, it's just the whole article 
is honestly a bunch of bullshit. Um, and it's a lot of victim blaming and it's a lot of like he said, she said, and it's like, dude, this many women don't come forward if there's you didn't do something wrong. Well, we will be back to this conversation in just one moment, but I wanted to take the time to talk about our sponsor this week. And this week we are sponsored once again by our friends over at BetterHelp. When do you guys feel like you're your best self? For me, it is uh, when I podcast, uh, it's when I work out, it's when I cross things off a list, and it's when uh, when I talk to people about issues that I'm having. After each one of those things, I feel some sense of relief, I feel a little bit more like myself, and it actually makes me feel really good at the end of the day. And when you're at your best, you can do great things because kind of great things have this habit of just building. It's kind of this pebble that goes down a hill and it just builds up steam and picks up pace and just builds and builds and builds. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. You're not building on anything. So working with a therapist, it can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws on you. Um, I will say uh, I've benefited from therapy in so many ways. It's uh, You guys know from listening, if you've listened for a minute, uh, where I have a lot of fear. I have a lot of fear in uh, the unknown. I have a lot of fear of putting one foot in front of the other. And I have to learn on a daily basis to get up and start doing things, to uh, to be able to move forward and to be able to get out of my head. Because sometimes the thoughts in my head, if they stay in there, it doesn't help. But if I can talk to somebody, if I can get that out, if I can have somebody hear what I'm thinking about or what I'm going through, and they're able to talk with me about that, there is no downside. Uh, sometimes it is the hardest thing to do though, right? It is the hardest thing to do to get out of your head or to make that one call or to sign up for something that could potentially help you because that is scary. That is unknown. But trust me, it really does work. Um, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. In fact, a lot of times you don't want to wait till you have to experience major trauma. You want to get your toolkit set now. You want to build that foundation now so when everything does go south, you have a way of working through things. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, and I really think everybody should, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient. It's flexible. It's a affordable and it's entirely online. And I love the online part because that's a big excuse. I'm like, I don't want to go drive someplace and all that, but this is like, okay, well you can do it online. Oh damn. How do I get out of it now? <laughs> all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That benefit right there is very important because, um, I've had other therapists even before better help where I didn't completely, um, uh, jive with it. It wasn't, and, and, and you don't need to be made feel, you don't need to be made to feel guilty about that at all because it's something that you just you're you're working on being a, a better version of yourself so i love that this is in there that you can switch therapists with no additional charge so if you want to live a more empowered life therapy can get you there visit betterhelp.com slash so bad today to get 10 percent off your first month that's b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p.com slash so bad um 
I think this is so important. If you're looking to just make one small step, just go look this up. Just put in betterhelp.com slash so bad and just go from there. See what you see. Okay. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. They also go into that thing of like, you know, like, oh, wow, like this whole group of women, here is what is wrong with each one of them. Here is at, and you know, like, listen, here's a, a, here's a DM exchange where the girls seemed into it. Here's a girl, you know, and, and this is what you had said earlier, just to explain to them a little bit more is that, you know, he now says that the quote unquote rape fantasy, the BDSM with house of Effie 
this was agreed to down to the I get oh go, go get her at Starbucks. I take her. You know, she said this whole rape fantasy because Effie has said that uh, she was held against her will for four hours and he did things against her will. Now, he's saying this was detailed out in these Instagram DM messages, but these Instagram DM messages are no longer anywhere to be found, and that supposedly they had reached out to Meta, the company that owns Facebook and Instagram, to try to recover these DMs. Now, he said, guys, if this stuff was recovered, this wouldn't be an issue. This wouldn't even, this would have been, I'm like, well, dude, it would have been an issue because you still have the sickness in your head. And then you also take away the fact of like, not kink shaming or BDSM, but you had admitted to engaging in multiple affairs against your wife who was not, this was not an agreed upon thing. In fact, he makes a point in the article that he did tell Elizabeth, like, I'm at, you know, I feel so empty. I'm this, I'm cheating. I'm and she goes, and she didn't take it too well. Like kind of like <laughs> no she, she had a real opportunity to support me in this. And she did not like this. And then they even go into kind of like suggesting that uh, Elizabeth and Effie co-conspired uh, against army. And this is where it gets really, you gotta, as as Army said in in his uh, statement about getting out of shotgun wedding, you know I cannot go to I cannot go film this movie with Jennifer Lopez. But now I need to be with my kids on these bullshit and spurious attacks. Well, now it's, it feels like this is spurious as well. If you're going to start saying that Elizabeth and Effie co like conspired well, against Army, so basically um, Elizabeth went on E. And she did a whole interview um, regarding Army saying that she he was the best co-parent and he's her best friend and blah, 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 blah. Um, then that definitely set off, you know, obviously very rightfully so. Effie was upset by that. And she released, you know, dialogue between her and Elizabeth that showed that Elizabeth was, you know, writing to her and saying these different things and, you know, trying to assist in, you know, not taking down Army, but proving that what he had done was real because she, to be fair, is a mom with two kids. And, you know, I wouldn't want somebody around my kids that had maybe done certain things. Um, well, I mean, this is, I know you're probably not watching Real Housewives of Miami right now, but I am, and a lot of the people out there listening are. So to compare it to something that you can relate to right now, Lisa Hochstein, Lenny had the hot mic moment where he's obviously with a 25-year-old girl. They had been in a over 12-year relationship, and she is wanting to find out information more about Lenny cheating and stuff like that. She also has two kids that she wants to make sure are protected by. So a mother, I would imagine, is going to do everything in their power to make sure their kids are okay. So Elizabeth DMing with House of Effie does not shock me, nor do I think that's a smoking gun of any sort, yeah. because I would imagine if you go up against somebody like Army, and especially the Hammer family, you would want to get all of your ducks in a row, because these people used to take glee in the 60s and 70s about taking people down, and that's what that documentary or the docuseries House of Hammer kind of focused in on. I don't even know that much about Army and what he has up his sleeve, but his family was notorious for doing things like this. Well, and what was crazy was then that was the catalyst for one of Elizabeth's former friends coming forward anonymously to a publication with information about, you know, the network of kind of the women, you know, essentially chatting with each other and trying to help each other when all this was originally unfolding, even though everyone thought that they were just all kind of strangers. Um, and what was even crazier about that is I knew that for over a year because she had reached out to me, but I was like, I'm not putting this out there. And also I totally understand that they had to work together against a family with that much money. Like 
trying to protect your kids, trying to do all these, trying to help protect the freaking kids, trying to get justice for what but also think about just even on the, the basis of we've all been in relationships, the most of a lot of us think about being in love with somebody and then realizing, you know, holy shit, my husband or my wife is into like S&M and, all, and I'm not saying S&M is bad, you guys. I'm just saying, what if they didn't have full knowledge? Army even says, and they point out in the Playboy interview that he did like eight or nine years ago that, you know, like, listen, yeah, I am into some light spanking and stuff like that. But with my wife, you know, she's my wife. I can't grab her hair. That's disrespectful to my wife. But it's also like, okay, but this is what's interesting about trying to know yourself before you get into these big relationships is that Army did, well, this is also something Somebody else, I think Anna Peel on uh, Twitter pointed this out, even in regards to the article. The author of this article says that uh, he makes up a couple slip ups where Army says in the article that he was uh, did some light BDSM before marriage. But then at another point in the article said that he wasn't into BDSM until uh, end of the marriage. Um, And he had liked a bunch of things on Twitter with Shibari, which is the the rope uh, BDSM uh, Japanese rope style, I believe. Is that what it is? Um, so there was a couple slip ups even in the article of like, you're painting this picture. Also, like any good, uh, I guess what they're trying to do is redeem army to some sense is that they put out the why they put out the why and the why now is that it is revealed through army that it, when he was the kid, there was a year long where a church pastor, he doesn't say specifically what happened, a church pastor, um, potentially or, 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 or abused him. So he thinks that's where maybe a lot of this stuff came from is uh, the the feeling caged or trapped or, or, you know, he thinks that's where this came from. Now, listen, if you're going to come out with that, that is – and he says there were two people that he had told of this. One was his godmother and one was a friend who has since passed away, and the godmother did vouch for this story according to the article. What was your opinion on this? So, um, I studied psych in college. I remember when I was in my classes, I learned about, um, like victims of abuse and like victims of pedophilia. And like, at the time the rhetoric was like, oh, they could be more likely to be abusers, but actually because every like 10 years science, like books change, like you're never going to have the same Pluto was a freaking planet when we were in school. Okay. Um, so wait, 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 what, wait, what, what's Pluto now? I don't think Pluto is considered a planet. I think it's considered- ah, where is there some kind of newsletter? I didn't even know this. <laughs> this is the old news. Oh my god! Breaking news! Know, you guys. Like, I don't know what it's considered like a satellite. Is it that know. Chinese weather balloon? What is it? It oh, is. It, <laughs> actually, that was Pluto. Okay, uh, sorry about that. That's so, shocked. like, basically, like I, I thought this information was current. It's not, and actually, like. The idea that like somebody who's a victim is more likely to be a perpetrator is actually really damaging to people that have been victimized. And there's just yeah, because no- you're saying a lot of people that have been victimized do not then turn around and then start to make their own victims to, like, to start repeating that behavior. Had horrible things happen to them, and it's made them like a million times more compassionate and like wanting to be like protectors of people, like you know, and want to make sure that everyone's safe and nothing bad happens to anyone. And so it's kind of just like a BS argument. And it, I get, listen. None of us want that to happen to anyone, even Army Hammer. I feel bad. My God, no. Are you kidding me? But at No, the same- I, nobody wants that to happen. It's not an excuse. And it's like, okay, you're volunteering this information to try to be like, well, this happened to me. And like, this might be the reason why. And it's like, no, that, that's really sad. But that happens, unfortunately, to a lot of people that don't then go on to like, you know. Do the things that, that to make other people uh, be victims. Um, 
The other thing I, I thought, one of these ideas though, and, and we had mentioned this earlier, but I just, what kind of bothers me about the overall tone of this article is that, you know, he's saying everything was took, taken away from me. Everything was taken away. This is how, you know, this, this person has ruined these years of my life. When once again, now we're pointing it at one person, which is Effie, when it's like, wait a sec, there's multiple documentation of you doing this to you being really sleazy. I mean, I don't know if you want to call it abuse, but it being really sleazy in DMs and knowing that there's a power differential because you are a celebrity, a star, a very good looking actor and very charming. So, you know, there's a power differential. And by the way, this also predisposes that Army doesn't realize he's charming. Army does know he's very charming. And in fact, his friends are name checked in this article, including Tyler Ramsey. And they're all like, yeah, we knew Army had this weird BDSM thing. And we told him he was probably going to get caught. Like they almost say it's like, man, you know, when you love to force anal sex on people, it's going to come back to haunt you. Like it's almost kind of like we would deserve to be caught, LOL. And it's like this fucking boys club. And it's so weird. Like the guy friends I have in my life, we don't, and sorry, like, but we don't go around talking about like, Hey, anal sex, this. And like, did you force this girl again? Hey, let me smell your fingers, bro. We don't talk anything about that. Like that's, I mean, we, I've been around guys where we're like, Oh, that girl's so hot, but it's never gone to like, Oh man, tell me what you do to her, dude. Like we've never gone that deep. And maybe like, Am I am I not having the right male for I mean I think I am having the right male. Oh, no, right. That's very positive. Yeah. That's very positive. No, I mean it it really it was definitely just like a victim blaming article and what's funny is like it's not funny but what I think my prediction is in the next few weeks is like somebody sent me some info about army's father's funeral because it hasn't happened yet and yes and that's going to be a celebration happen. yeah it's going to be a celebration of life in the next month uh his father michael hammer who had been sick for a while passed away a month ago which by the way interesting really because they did this uh interview i guess a couple in december and this finally came out at the beginning of february and his dad passed away I, i'm trying to when when did his dad pass away um it was it was like a month ago. It was like just like end of December. I want to say. I'm curious when this interview took place, and opposed to when. And and, and also, I, I wonder if they. What was that? I think it was right around the time that he passed. I'm trying to think of like the context of where I was because I found out before a lot of people. Um, yeah. I got a DM, and again, like I didn't say a word to anyone because I'm not going to be the announcer of some like evil man's death, but. Um, and I will say to, to your credit, like when I even text with you and I'm never really looking for dirt and stuff, but we'll, we'll have conversations. You'll come up with, Oh, there was this thing. And I would, I would never say that. Like, you know, you'll say like, you're very protective of anybody that does come forward with information and you're not out there making like you're, you've, you've sat on a lot of stuff, not even just with this, but with anything that people come to you with. My hair is full of secrets. You know what I mean? I'm like Gretchen Wieners. Well, but, I mean, take um, a shower or something. <laughs> my God. Like. I got to wash them out. Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> I want the guys from men in black that could like erase your memory to come and just to be like, we're just going to give you a reset. Um, I... <laughs> but yeah, you know what? Like, uh, I think there's just some things that like need to not be said. And obviously this family is scary for people and you yeah. know, um, there's a lot behind that, but yeah, I think that the, what they're doing is they release this now. Then in like, you know, a few weeks, we're going to see pictures of army mourning, probably in like a funeral, like his funeral blacks. They're going to, they're going to go and into very handsome, very yeah. handsome, but going through something. Yeah. And it's like, how do you not feel something for someone whose parent passed? And then, you know what I mean? So I think that that's kind of the rollout here. 
Um, if I were to, if I were to guess, if I were his PR person, I mean, what do you think, Ryan? Do you think that that? Well, would- I'm curious. My, my curiosity, really, if we're to take away the feelings behind all of this, is just from, and this is what I say. This story is important, just in terms of PR. We talk a lot about this with Kardashians and stuff, and the Kardashians. It comes out even like you know a decade later, they'll be like, yeah, that flower bombing incident with Kim that was completely set up, you know. So we do know that people have used PR to do to rehab images to set things up. So my thing is, I. I want to know is there a PR uh, firm that army has on retainer right now there has to be of some sort they had this article you know and by the way the author of this article says um that this article was uh army reached out through an intermediary who I would really love to know that intermediary I mean is it Robert Downey Jr is it, I mean it could be a string of people who is wanting who is invested in army rehabbing their career uh one and then uh two you would be ignorant to then not use if you are using things. You would be ignorant to not use. And I'm not saying Army is not completely soul crushed about the passing of his father, but you would have to realize that this does bolster your story. So, like you said, if this comes out now in a couple of weeks or whenever the you know service for his father will be, this will be another re-entry of like, okay, we got an article where Army has admitted that he is just a cad. He's just he's he was just an asshole to some of these women. He sometimes ghosted them, he said. Wow. And then you see them mourning. So this is really a one-two punch in a way. And I hate to be cold and think of it that way, but I think you would be ignorant in Hollywood to not think of it that way. Well, and he's also um talking about how you know sobriety is going well for him, and he's now going to move in with somebody who needs like a sober. Yes. Like, you know, uh, I don't know, companion. He said he doesn't need the help anymore with his uh, addiction. So it's he's ready to pay it forward and be a sponsor. You're going to live with him. Like, I would. uh, You'd have to be crazy. (laughs) Well, you know, he also there's just a couple things like there also is an American Express bill that American Express sued him for like sixty seven thousand dollars. Um, apparently now so that's it, weird though, according to the article, like apparently that, that, that it was dropped. So I guess somebody paid for it. Well, my thing is with that is that he says he did go to his family for money for lawyers. He, and he said, you know, of course I did for that. Cause he said, Hey man, I'm broke. I barely have anything to my name. But also then I was like, and this is where my mind. And I think a lot of us, you know, and I'm not a sleuth or nor do I want to be one, but I'm like, well, shit, did the American Express charge really exist? Do we have any documentation? It's like with Housewives, even with Robin Dixon this week, you guys on Potomac. I'm like, let's get documentation forever, you know, for everything. And Heather Gay in Salt Lake says she's going to therapy. Let me see a receipt. Would like, I don't believe anything that anybody <laughs> says anymore. So my thing is also American Express. Well, that kind of seems because you're like, oh, he really is broke. That makes you feel a little sympathy for him. Like, wow, I've been late on my American Express. And you know what's before. funny? I don't think it's like a brokenness. I think it's like, it's like, money that will eventually come to him is tied up and he's used to spending in a way that like none of us would ever understand for the most part. So then, yeah, of course he racks up the 67, whatever thousand dollars. I mean, he and his brother, I think were caught using the Amexes from the hammer foundation, which is the family's museum to the tune of, I think $2 million at one point. I've never oh, wow. spent that much money in my life over like a few years. So I like, I can't even imagine like the lifestyle that these people are accustomed to, or like the things that they're, and I mean, I enjoy the finer things in life, but that's on a different 
level. That's crazy to me. So it really, it really is crazy. And and by the way, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Michael Hammer in his will, I believe a lot of it goes to the other son, not Army, but the the other son. Correct. I'm not really sure how the will has been split up. Um, but you know, there was just this. There's a dispute between Army Hammer's brother Victor and Army Hammer's stepmom because she tried to retrieve two million dollars that was bequeathed to her, and he, according to her, unlawfully blocked her from it. So I have no idea what's going on with the will, but it'll be interesting to see and it'll be interesting to see how much money was actually you know still around i mean they have arm and hammers rolls royce they have these things that are worth a lot of money um and then there's stuff tied up in the foundation so i don't know how that will all shake out but um well i mean the the other thing uh the idea though is like you know everything's been taken away from him blah 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 you know which like i guess his movie and tv career which was by the way on the decline already in fact you could make the argument and i would just because this is now what i kind of focus my life on is that in a lot of ways you know any attention is good attention a lot of people think so this actually has him out there more than his career would have had him out there because the projects he turned down or the projects he got uh, let go of who knows what which is which was uh the offer which was a paramount plus thing on the making of the godfather um uh that didn't do well you have um the jennifer shotgun lopez wedding. movie shotgun wedding that uh you know i watched and i didn't really I mean, you know, it is what it is. And there was another project. Oh, he was in Gaslit, which was a um, a show for stars with Julia Roberts and Sean Penn. And to that, I say, wait, what? Julia Roberts and Sean Penn did a TV show called Gaslit? I had no, I mean, I'd heard about it, you guys, but that's what I'm saying is that, you know, it's so skewed now. It's like not just movies. We have all these streaming things of all of these things in his career. I don't know if they really would have done anything for him. He could add bomb like, after bomb. You know, it's like those people who like, played high school football and are like, man, you know what? I just tried out for the giants. Like I would have been like, I would have been huge. I would have been this like huge, like he kind of, I think the retrospective on his career is kind of like that where it's like, you guys, this isn't like, this isn't a Jack Nicholson. Like this isn't somebody who to me, I'm sorry, was that amazing of an actor. I watched death on the Nile bootleg because I don't want to give them any money. I watched it on one, two, three movies. <laughs> it was somebody like, I, I love Agatha Christie. I was so upset, but, yeah. um, I mean, I felt like he was slipping in and out of a British accent and I felt like I was watching community theater. Wait, by the way, wait, Lord, this is exactly why I bring that up. Community theater. Is that okay? So say that I was really trying to think that I was really trying to think this through of like, did we take away everything from army? Did we, even though he made a lot of these actions, he reached out to these women. He, uh, you know, was the aggressor in a lot of ways. He used his celebrity and power to like really kind of just fuck. Um, and he, you know, that's a lot of ways that should be, you know, owed to him. I think he believes. Um, so he also brings up working in the Grand Cayman Islands, uh, like off the books and somebody, a, t- a paparazzi came in and got pictures of him. And then there's like immigration shit happening now. And he's just trying to put bread on the table for his family, which I think this is another shady part of this story, because first off the picture, if you see him working in the Grand Caymans is like so obvious that army, especially knowing when paparazzi is around and stuff like that. And you're dealing with one person and you see that person pull out a phone and even like, just point it like this you would be like what are you doing like first i just don't believe that to be the case well, and also, also okay, like what do you think because the thing is he gets photographed outside of bristol farms with his stepmom all the time and it's like are there really photographers waiting outside of bristol farms or when he's you know sometimes there are minutes? like 
he, I've never seen paparazzi in Venice. He gets snapped up in Venice all the time. And I'm like, he must be calling these people on himself. Oh, dude, Bronwyn Wyndham Burke from Real Housewives of Orange County. By the way, you guys, you like how I'm bringing in Housewives every chance I get. <laughs> Runyon Canyon, which is in the middle of Los Angeles. Runyon Canyon, which is like, you know, it's a hike, but it's not like a hike where, I mean, I just did it yesterday. Didn't see any paparazzi. I've hiked there millions of times, never see paparazzi. And I've seen Colin Farrell there. I've seen, like, I mean, Justin Bieber hikes there. And uh, all of a sudden, Bronwyn went into Burke. All these photos wind up the Daily Mail of her and her new girlfriend hiking Runyon Canyon. By the way, her girlfriend's in like a full leather ensemble, and that's just not good hiking uh, gear at all. But it's like, yeah. You called these people to get these photos because it's like they just don't sit around and wait at Runyon Canyon. Like I've been there all times of the day. I've been there weekends, weekdays. It just doesn't happen. The only so, places they like wait are um, Giorgio, Baldi, like that restaurant, Italian restaurant. Oh, Craig's, Craig's, um, Craig's, Nobu, and that's kind of those are kind of the big three. I would say. Yeah, they're not like Jack in the Box on a Saturday night. That you know? I think people go. There's certain restaurants that you can go to. Like I remember when Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox stepped out, or when Jen and Ben were stepping out. Like they intentionally go to Nobu because they know they're going to get photographed. Um, but and there's there's those big places that you can go when you want to set up PR. But then I think there's these people just calling. Nobody's waiting outside of Bristol Farms for Army Hammer. You no, know? I mean they're <laughs> they might be waiting out there for a bigger celebrity, but not Army Hammer. Um, but the, so the, the thing is like, you, you know, you've taken away my, you know, even being able to work. And my thing is like, boo hoo, first off, you know, if you really are concerned about your future, go back to school, like be a lawyer, be a doctor. You know, these things are not like guys, you know, he's able to live a very full life. Would Nobody you trust is telling him as your lawyer or doctor. Would I trust Tom Girardi as my lawyer? No. I mean, like, these are things that like, doesn't even matter. Like his, what I'm saying is that he can work, like, do not, you know, it's just that he wants, he doesn't. It's got to be more specific. He wants to be where he once was. Or he wants like, to be where he once he, he once was. Same people that want to still like engage with him. He could like literally start an OnlyFans. I know that's like awful. Kind of. Like, I mean, like, if you don't act like you need to sell timeshares, which I believe is completely yes. a bullshit excuse. I'm sorry. I believe that poor person. You know, yeah, like, like you're not poor. You, your family is so big in the Grand Cayman Islands, you know, you would think people would be running over to give you money. I mean, listen, we found out on Salt Lake this week that Jen Shaw asked her castmates for money to go towards her defense. And she knew she was guilty and she had millions of dollars socked away that she has now given to restitution, but she was still asking people for money. So I just don't buy, I mean, all of these things I feel like are a sympathetic bent. Also, he does admit that Robert Downey Jr., you know, did try to help him, is trying to help him get back on his feet. And Robert Downey Jr., of course, has not a similar story, but Robert Downey Jr. was a uh, a drug addict, you know, is a drug addict. And he has been sober and clean for so long now and really is a shining example of being able to turn your life around. But I remember I was fans of a uh, fan of Robert Downey Jr. from the very beginning. And it was so I hated when he was like discovered in Malibu in that little boy's bed or when he was on Ally McBeal and he got arrested at the hotel. I mean, he served prison time. So I think, you know, there is that thing of wanting to save somebody. But then again, it just kind of turned my stomach because then also all of a sudden army started dropping uh, Joseph Campbell quotes about the hero's journey. 
And I'm like, dude, why is your journey the hero's journey? I guess we're, we're our own heroes in our own life. But like, think about all the victims. What about their hero's journey of trying to get over this? But instead, we just paint them as a liar. And once again, like, even though we say we support women, I just get so confused because every time we're talking about it on this show, it's about people calling women liars, women calling women liars. And like, there is enough things of, okay, so so Effie supposedly, by the way, he also said Effie, uh, Effie said she worked in a dungeon or a sex club, which I'm like, first off, that's like outing somebody to their own person. I don't know. It's he just, like, it was he refuted so that. And I think he's saying whatever he can to like, but who cares if she did, that's her business. And if she, and she didn't, but if she did, if anyone works any job, they shouldn't, that shouldn't be a reason to do anything to them. But the thing is, he said, he was like, you know, if I could take this all back, I wouldn't because this made me a better father and this made me a better person. And it's like, Okay, I'm so glad this has worked out so well yeah. for you. By the way, so you Not agree this has all been good. But I'm so like, glad he this says, good he goes, for you. if I had a, yeah, even like if I could, you know, have one wish to go back before all this started. I wouldn't take it because now I'm in a healthy, healthier, happier place. Somebody that can show up for their kids like they were never able to do, which by the way, all fucking amazing. Right. But like then even in his shotgun wedding, when I say, you know, I cannot leave my kids here and Grant came in and go off and shoot this movie in good conscience. But, you know, even all reports said you weren't that active or great as a father when all of this stuff was happening. So it was like funny that he used the kids as an excuse. But now he's like, I really, truly think all of those things are great if they're true like those are the things but it's it's not the movie career like you've been able to rehab all of this other stuff your sobriety supposedly like they don't touch on where he's at dating wise or if he's by the way bdsm if you're into it it doesn't go away like that's still what turns him on and that's not a bad thing in fact they they actually name check or dan savage who i love actually that's a podcast i actually listen to the savage love cast and he is just such a brilliant man and he talks about Listen, BDSM, you know, it's such a, a weird topic for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, these women could have completely agreed to this, but agreed to it because they thought they were going to be with Army Hammer and Army Hammer, potentially, if he knew that this was like a sexual thing and he was going to be done with them in two months, that is a huge power differential still. And you are going to cause and wreak havoc in all of these women's lives. It's like a really slippery slope. Absolutely. And I mean, the BDSM community was not happy about any of this because they're like, uh, the, like the foundation of everything that we do is consent. And, you know, obviously there were a lot of non-consensual things that happened in all of this, given the women's, you know, accounts of everything that went down. I mean, and you can see that how shaken and traumatized these girls and or women have been, um, so it's just really like, I felt like the article was such horse shit. I, I understand why Airmail did it because they probably got a ton of clicks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was just really lame. And then he goes into how, you know, he swam out into the ocean and thought about killing yes, himself. That was what I was looking for. Yes. And I'm sure you're going to read the, but it's like, and then realized his kids were on the beach and was like, oh, I better not. Like it just to me, um, it felt like I'm going to volunteer these sad moments of my depression or my childhood trauma as sort of like, to me, it's like Ted Bundy on the crutches. It's like, okay. Like, yeah, you know, it's not an excuse for anything. And it's, I don't want anyone to be depressed or suicidal, but you know, still doesn't change what he did. 
Um, well, and I think it just muddies the waters on what he actually did do. And that's what they're, you know, it feels like they're chipping away at thing. Okay. Okay. Let's take down the victims. Okay. Let's paint you in a sympathetic light. Let's show all the good things that you do. Let's show that you are a loving, uh, uh, father. Let's show, I mean, I feel like it's, it's, you know, they even have uh, a producer of call me by your name saying, Hey, army has always been a great guy. Uh, I was on the Oscar trail with him and just a lovely man. And then also, I mean, a couple of me, just lovely. Man. Yeah. Army's fucking nice as hell. He's really charming. Like I'm saying like, yeah, all of that is true. Like, yeah, I've had fun with army before. Like, are you kidding me? Like there, you know, so he has some really kind of bigger people trying to stand up for him in this article. And I just think to all to what effect at the end of the article, he says he can't even get bonded for a project, which means you have to get insurance for a project. But eventually like with Iron Man did with Robert Downey Jr., John Favreau, the director of that, took a chance on him. He, uh, I think, offered to personally bond him and say, Robert can do this. So it is going to take somebody like that, which I understand maybe it will be a Robert Downey Jr. Will we see Army Hammer in a Marvel movie eventually? Oh, I mean, that's all cu- things I'm curious about, you know? I hope not. I mean, honestly, I hope not. Um, but I mean, obviously, in the last episode, we spoke about Luca Guadagnino saying that he would put Army in something again. So the director of Call I Me By Your Name, right? Yeah, and I think there are people that are willing to work with him, which is insane. But um, I don't know. I'm like, Robert Downey Jr., is this the hill you want to die on? Like, it's just to me, what Robert Downey Jr. dealt with, from my understanding, was just like addiction and and kind of reckless behavior when he was dealing with addiction. But did it really inflict like trauma on anyone else directly? Or was it just he didn't he just like drive recklessly or something and do some other crazy stuff my I mean well I mean like he did he did break into a Malibu home and and passed out uh just wasted and on drugs on this child's bed and the parents you know the child wasn't in the bed but yeah. like they discovered Robert Downey Jr on there uh there was crack related incidents but it was never violence or anything of that nature not to my uh, not to my awareness like that to me is like okay, which by the way I'll... you should look into that for a a, a story you oh should go God. through Robert Downey Jr.'s. Wouldn't that be a great story? You know what? I I got to I got to look into it because it's I think it's just been so long that like when I first heard of Robert Downey Jr., I think it was Iron Man. So I didn't I wasn't aware of the fact that he Oh, yeah. Cuz I'm older than you and and he was like he had this huge career. Like he got nominated for an Oscar for the movie Chaplin before Ali Mill. Like he went through several phases of his career where it would always get hindered by drugs and alcohol. And then finally after that prison, it was able, he was able to really hang on to sobriety and things like that through his wife, who's also his producing partner and really has made such, I mean, and like to his credit, seems like he is truly like, and that's why I don't want to shit on Robert Downey Jr. at all. I'd be actually more interested to hear an interview with him, you know? And uh, yeah, why he thinks that, you know, he wants to help army. Cause I, I kind of think that there are a lot of celebrities that just have like drug addictions that are maybe like a hindrance to their careers. And like he could better spend his charitable rehab money, like rehabbing maybe some of them. I don't know, you know. Well, it's 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 uh, you know. And by the way, I really highly recommend as we start wrapping up here, reading the article yourself. And there are some of the DMs and stuff like that they chose to put in this. And uh, I would say, I mean, I would say, I don't know, even like it's hard because not one thing is giving you a three sixty view of everything. Like even this article is slanted, so you've got to. It's hard because. There's not one place where somebody is like, 
piecing this together in this kind of brilliant way. Once again, I feel like this is slanted. I know there's a lot of DMs that I would have put in here that are not in here. Um, and also, uh, I do believe Effie was and potentially is in love with Army Hammer. Uh, I think that's another power differential. I think there's grooming involved. I'm trying to find the, the quote about him swimming out into the ocean because I do think that is such... And by the way, Effie had uh, tweeted just a little bit ago. I don't know if you saw this. Um, she. Uh, she tweeted that uh, he had she had heard this same swimming out to the ocean story before any of this dropped. So now he's used this story in two different times. Yes, and that that's this is not... case for like a few things in here. So I think that, you know, if you're going to read the article, check out her rebuttal because I think she just defends herself and refutes the claims that he's made in the article. I don't know if any of the other women have that, you know, were mentioned. Um but I don't think he's a credible source. And yeah, this was just like a, such a, like a PR piece, but you know, we haven't heard from him in a few years and we knew this was going to happen eventually. Knew it would I mean, happen this... eventually. Just like, not like when I was one tequila deep on a Friday night, like things. Oh, believe I, I had had a couple glasses of wine, which I was like, Whoa. And then I was like, and then I kept like putting down my phone and picking it up. I'm like, fuck, I gotta like involve. I gotta read this. Uh, I, I wanted to read that. It... I was like, you know what? Like you got me at my weakest point. You, you fucker. Um, why, I, why doesn't somebody release things on a Wednesday? Like what's that? I mean, like, you know, the middle of the week to kind of, they know, kind of... Ryan, that's when we're at our strongest. <laughs> um, by the way, the FE said, this is not new to me in regards to the swimming out to the ocean. And like, if the ocean took me and, you know, kill me that so be it. He told me that same ocean story years ago to evoke sympathy, but now he's claiming his little ocean dip happened after I spoke out. He hasn't changed at all. I also want to remind people that army hammer told a woman he wanted to tie her naked to a tree so people could rape her all night. Uh, this was on a pop grade. Crave post. Uh, Popgrave turned off those comments because they want us to feel sympathy for this waste of air. Um, uh, and then Anna Peel, who I brought up earlier on Twitter, said, curious how Army Hammer decided to do this story. According to the airmail pod, Hammer approached Kerchik through an intermediary. Uh, who was the intermary, uh, intermediary? Intermediary. But Kerchik started seeing a lot of holes in the accuser stories. Um, and then Anna goes on to kind of point out some of the faults of the this actual author's story. So I don't know. Like, I mean, where do you go from here? And, and I guess one of the last, the last question is like, as a woman, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about a woman? I don't know your history, nor do I need to know it. But like, I just imagine if you were a woman that is dealing with a situation, not even with a celebrity, but with a very powerful or strong man, a man that scares you potentially, how do you then get encouraged to ever break free of anything uh i was even watching this playboy murders thing on discovery the other night and it was uh you know talking about these powerful men and i don't know i just get like why would you ever come forward if this is the shit that really is no, going to come I out i mean there's such a misnomer about women coming forward against celebrities it's like that they want to do it for money or attention and it's like do you realize they're getting trolled 24 7 that they're wasting not wasting but they're losing years of their life their career their money all because they decided to speak out probably in the hopes that it wouldn't happen to another person. Um, and like, I have seen firsthand with people I'm close to going through similar situations. And until it personally affects you, you don't realize the money time and honestly trauma just after the incident happens and you're going through litigation, the trauma it's unimaginable. And so uh, it's very disheartening that, you know, he will have potentially another career, another career rise, right? Like he's going to be in something. And then it's like, 
Well, what about these impacted women? Like who would they have been if this hadn't happened to them? Like what would they be doing in their careers? What are they, they yeah, are these women able to say that? Oh, thank God I went through this. It's made yep. me such a stronger person like yep. Army has. Army says this if I this is the best thing for him. Like, thank God he's sober now. He's all of these things. Which by the it's way, I can't believe you're you're somebody's sponsor within a year of your sobriety. Oh, 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 also I wanted to share this with you. Somebody DM me and like you say, like, I can't DMs or whatever. Somebody could make up anything. It's somebody that I have DM'd with before, and I do, you know, I've never had an issue with, but said, and this is take it or leave it said that army uh that, that a friend's mom was in the same rehab facility as army but that mr hammer was only there for a uh uh three weeks and not the months that he had said that that's he was. what i heard too but by the way but by the way you guys i'm saying that's a dm anybody can dm anybody can say whatever they want but i did want to point that out of like if we're looking at the story from every piece you know, going to these rehabs are kind of another thing of like, look, see, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But was he there for the entire time? And was he there, like they say on The Bachelor, for the right reason? And just just know anything that's put out in the ether in an article, like it's all going to be smoke and mirrors because there's obviously like a plan behind it and a plan to try to rehab his image. And, you know, I won't be consuming anything that he's in ever. And I wish him the luck that he deserves based on what he really did. And I believe in karma. So, you know, um, I really yeah, feel like these women, I wish Lauren, them the best, but I, do, I, I mean, I wish everybody the best. I feel like this is sad. Cause it just kind of relitigates. I wish him what he again deserves. And again. Which, well, I hope meta do. I, I hope, I hope meta can find those uh, mysteriously uh, erased <laughs> DMS explaining it's so funny everything. When people like are Googling things like after like, like when they murdered someone, it seems like we can pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the Idaho, the Idaho, what this is very, this is what cured me because the Idaho killer, which we talked about last week, um, they're like you were talking about the Papa Rogers account. Well, I sure hope that Meta can uh find out that if Papa Rogers account was deleted, I hope they can really find the stuff because that could go like against Brian Koberger. In I all would feel like cases that they, we've been able to retrieve things from Facebook, so it's kind it's of. Not- it's not like Meta goes to the Geek Squad and goes, "Hey, the Geek Squad at Best Buy can't find it, and uh, we're Meta, so they're the Geek Squad." Though, um, Lauren, I need you need to go see celebrities. Do your, by the way, please text me throughout the day and see. Tell me all of this so I can read it at the beginning and excite people with everything that you saw today will, before the I Grammys. Let, I will let you know. You know, hopefully in the celebrity safari, we'll we'll have some good sightings. But if not, I'm sure we'll have lots. Of key, wait, is Kiki going with you? No, Kiki's not going with me. You know, I Wait, she, is she out of town now or is she is she in New York? I think she's in New York. I don't yeah, know. I figured I haven't caught up with her in a minute. I think I last talked to her um, last, but maybe she is in New York. Um, okay. Well, they, I could go another hour with you easy because we didn't even but anyways, go enjoy this. Please let us know all of your findings. Thank you for talking to, about such a difficult topic. These are my favorite conversations, though, because it's just I, I'm so much passionate towards this, and I know you do too. Um, and I hope um, we gave you a good overview of the article. Um, but for more, always go follow the Zen Blonde. Uh, somebody posted on my Instagram account today. I posted the Army Hammer uh, article, or uh, on and this lady wrote on Facebook. I can't tell if this is real or not because you make so many jokes. And I go, that is the problem with me. But Lauren, you're insanely funny, but you don't do the bullshit I do. So you can always trust uh, Lauren. At at the Zen Blonde and new information on her new project that'll be coming up soon will be available soon. And I will make sure you guys know as soon as it is. Is there anything else coming up that we need to know about? 
that's pretty much it, you know, in, in the motion of getting things done. So I'll keep you all posted. Thanks for having me, Ryan. And thanks for oh, dude. Anytime. I thank you for doing this so last minute. I know <laughs> your dance card is probably extremely full. So thank you for making the time for us. I'm sorry. I was so excited, but I just, uh, I, this is stuff I'm really passionate about. No, it's amazing. Five, four, three. Betches.